Hello, this is Christina Roberts Anna King, and I am here to welcome you to the Real Eyes Realized podcast. This is a podcast that highlights everyday people making ripple effects, actualizing love in their families, communities, and our world at large. This podcast was created to amplify the voices of those who are creating change in our world with this inner knowing, this truth telling that is deeply inspiring to listeners so that together we can spread the good work of positive ripple effects throughout the world. Realize Realize is a show where life and service can dance together. So we look forward to inviting you to take a listen, sit back or take us with you on your walk or drive or however you enjoy your podcasts. But I invite you to listen deeply. We're here with our guests to hear about the sparks that have inspired action and heart-centered service and truly highlight ways in which we can also be motivated and inspired to create positive ripple effects in our world. And we are prepared to get real. We're excited for you to hear these stories of vulnerability, courage, and empathy. And we want to know more about how we can see beauty through the eyes of these beautiful beholders. So look forward to hearing what your thoughts are. And again, welcome. Welcome to this wonderful next episode with our very special guest. Well, I would love to introduce all of our listeners to you, Drew Lawrence. And I'm going to start us off by way of bio, and then we're just going to really get into finding out more about your path and how you've gotten to where you are. Um, so in this way, what I loved is, you know, I've known you over the years and when you start to see somebody's bio, it's so cool to see all of the other things that they've been involved in. Uh, so Drew Lawrence, for those that may not know, is a successful author and speaker and Sanskrit scholar, Vedic astrological consultant, uh, actually the head of the Bhakti Vedanta Book Trust Sanskrit editorial department. I didn't realize that. I was, uh, I was years ago. Yeah. Uh, and also a practitioner and a teacher of which I've known you through through Vedic astrology um, for over 46 years now and a featured speaker at international symposiums and also having authored five books so far. And I love the so far, who knows what's coming next, right? Um, but you, I've known you as this practitioner of bhakti yoga um, and also just this opportunity of bringing wisdom, this sage wisdom. And I know you've done so also in lectures and seminars across the globe. Uh, you have clients from over 54 countries. You do consulting and coaching for everybody from Fortune 500 companies to United Nation diplomats to Ivy League professors and entrepreneurs and entertainment celebrities. So I think it's just really cool, Drew, that you have so many different circles that you attempt to and that you are able to really be this light for others and support others along their own path. So that's what I'm excited to dig into. I know that you've spent much of your professional life in Los Angeles. Now you're living in Ireland uh, with your wife and uh, it just feels like some switches and changes, right? In your own journey have happened yeah. as well. So excited to oh, dive into that. Um, so what I thought- I, 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 I'm in one of my many incarnations now in this particular lifetime. Yeah. Well, and that's what we're going to, we want to talk about that, like this whole soul journey. I think this is the big topic for today. Uh, so tell us a little bit more when you think about your soul journey and some of the key um, mile markers, if you will, the chapters that you've had, tell us a little bit more. And I know you mentioned even like at 19, you had this really just wake up call and we'd love to hear more about that as well. Well, at 19, I had my spiritual awakening which actually like? began, well, it began with, uh, 
learning uh, to eat properly <laughs> and not eat junk, junk food or junky food, you know. Uh-huh. My friend just pointed it out to me. <laughs> so then I went into, um, you know, healthy food and uh, got tuned into that. Then I went into macrobiotics. I got into very quickly, got into yoga, mm-hmm. meditation, pranayama, breathing, mm-hmm. and do- then dove into Eastern philosophy and read everything I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And then at 22, I uh, read the Bhagavad Gita, mm-hmm. uh, Song of God. I mean, people know Bhagavad Gita, it's very, very well known. Right. It's probably the most well known spiritual book from India, I dare say. So that really shifted everything for me because it gave me a perspective that I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. So I more or less stayed along those lines. I spent five years in an ashram practicing bhakti yoga mm-hmm. in both uh, Toronto and uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And after my guru passed away, then I came back out into the world having learned uh, quite a few things mm-hmm. you know, in the ashram, including Sanskrit, including uh, Vedic astrology. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I thought, well, I have more that I can give to the world, having had more experience. So I kind of went from there. I, it wasn't like, oh, well, what's my, um, what people need to figure out is what is your life purpose? Mm. What is your path? What brings, what can bring fruition to the meaning of your life? Well, in and what we call that in in Vedic understanding in uh, Eastern philosophy is Dharma. Mm-hmm. What is your Dharma? What is your path? What are the qualities about you that are reflected in you that if you follow them, you will be fulfilled as an individual and you will make a contribution to the world around you. This is the win-win situation. Good for you. Good for everybody else. Yeah. And these are the people that are the most, most well-adjusted and virtually the happiest in life, and they make the contribution. So even though I had been on the spiritual path for so many years, as a what is my dharma? What is my life purpose? And I didn't quite figure that out till age 33, but it's not like, uh, you know, I have a wife and a child. Mm. So you can't just flip the switch and say, okay, I'm going to go do this now. Right. It's a little tricky, isn't it? We've got that horizontalist in terms of life to uh, maintain, right? Responsibility. Yeah, well, we all know that, right? We can't just, well, what do you expect me to do? Just give up my responsibilities? No, of course you can't. Yeah. So I didn't really come to it until age 39 or 40, where uh, it's it's the old, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm waiting to grow up. <laughs> Not that you I came was. to it. So, for the people that don't know about you, Drew, what did you come to in terms of your what's what is that gift and that that life purpose that you've really leaned into? Well, you know, I I began to learn astrology when I was still in the ashram Vedic astrology because I knew not because I wanted to do charts for anybody, mm-hmm. no. I didn't want to become an astrologer because I thought, no, that's kind of airy-fairy. You know, no one's going to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, yet I had been doing charts because if, if people find out you know it, they want to, well, could you look at my chart? Right. You know? And you so have this I talent, the skill that people are 
like interested in. Yeah. Can you help me? Uh, well, I don't know. I could try, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like that, but I did kind of become good at it, but I was just doing it on the side. My friends, two of my, my male friends said to me, well, it's obvious, you know what you need to do now. I said, no, I don't know. I'm at a crossroad. Uh-huh. Excuse me. They said, well, you should do astrology. That's what you're good at. And so I had to put aside this, I didn't want to be that airy fairy guy. And then I, it, it just dawned on me that, well, wait a second. It's going to be what you make it, yeah. how you define it, how you present it to people. That's what it will become. And if you're not that airy fairy sort of guy, if you're a serious guy and you can speak to serious people, meaning business people as well mm-hmm. as people who are not, say, on a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Because there's lots of those people out there, and a lot of them are my clients. And uh, if you can communicate something of value to them. Well, I sort of uh, undertook that in a business-like manner, as much business-like as I can be. Yeah, that's what you brought to it. I love it. That's what I brought to it. And boom, I mean, it literally took off. And next thing I know, I'm traveling around the world, which I've done for the past 20, yeah. 30 years. Well, you fulfilled a real need, obviously. And apparently, when you look at that, um, you know, what I've heard you kind of talk about is again, and you talked about this in the beginning is lining, aligning people to their truth. Yeah. Uh, and in that, being able to really kind of foster what people's potential um, is and then how that can actually come into fruition into this lifetime. So, what what is it that you? are able to do to build those bridges between where a person is and maybe feeling stuck to seeing a different way of being? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, you see, the thing about Vedic astrology, I'm not going to, Vedic astrology is the accurate calculation. Modern day astronomers will tell you that the, the Western astrological calculation or system is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Vedic one is, so I've used the Vedic one exclusively for 46 years, and it's proved out to be so. Anyway, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, as a tool, it's second to none. Uh, astrology is a divine science. There is no person that invented it. No one takes credit for inventing astrology mm-hmm. because it's, it's the, uh, influence of the spheres of the planets of the uh solar system sure. and when they were set into motion which of course i believe god said sent, set them into motion um then you have that that uh you know it's a universal system it's a divine it's called a divine science divine science yeah yeah uh, uh palmistry mm-hmm. it's another one you can read the entire body it's called uh, Samudraka in Sanskrit, uh, physiognomy in English. Mm-hmm. You can read all the signs of the body. And uh, numerology would be another another one. But astrology has so many uh, levels to it. Yeah. It's, it's more uh, complete and it's more, um, I mean, it covers everything. Yeah. So... It, it, People get stuck because they don't know what's happening when or what they should be doing. And that is real easy and obvious to see when you calculate somebody's birth chart. 
it's, it's amazing to me. So, so the way that I understand it working from working with you is you identify the time that your soul came into this world when you were born, Yes. Um, what county you came into, and then it is a reflection of what was happening with the planets um, and the sun and yeah. the moon at that time. Your latitude, your longitude for the place you are, where the planets are in relation to that, the time, well, obviously the date, but the time being very important mm-hmm. uh, for accuracy, time of day. Yeah. And And off we go from there. Yeah. So when you look at that, for those that have not had that experience of working through, um, what are some of the things that that come out? What do you see in terms of people's charts um, that really then is able to kind of get into that mode of their truth? Well, you're looking for strengths and weaknesses. It'll show up strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you may say, oh, well, I know my weaknesses. Yeah, you may but you may not know your strengths. Sometimes people are playing to their weaknesses mm. and not, they're not aware of their strengths. Mm-hmm. You might have one or two planets that are particularly powerful in your birth chart, but you're not utilizing those. Mm-hmm. You're utilizing something else. You're in sales and sales is ruled by Mercury and Mercury in your chart is debilitated so I'm looking at that. I'm smiling when you tell me you're in sales. I'm going, how, how are you doing with sales? Eh, not so good. How do you enjoy sales? I don't like sales. No, no kidding. <laughs> you know, so how do we get you connected to what your strengths are yeah. and get you on the right path? And I think and in that example, Dominica, in that example, you were talking about when some of the natural elements of who we are um, have maybe been masked or hidden, or we were told early on that we weren't a creative, even though that might be what is ruling us, um, that you almost are able to give permission and liberty and freedom for somebody to be really what feels more natural to them. Yeah. It sounds like it's, I, I, I I saw this, um, guy's chart, this man's chart not long ago. And I said, this is the chart of a brilliant artist. Mm. Are you an artist of any kind? Mm. Uh, no. That's my brother. He's the artist. Do you know how, this is the smart one. This is the creative one. This is the lazy one. You know. The labels. Yeah. You get the label. And, and that's what my brother's the artist. Yeah. <laughs> chart of like, look at I, you. I said, Did you, didn't you draw or sketch or, or paint or anything like that when, when you were young? Oh, yeah, I did. And? I was really good at it. <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah. Do you find that in your coaching and guidance with individuals, um, do they find like this migration to a new path sometimes, or is it more subtle, you know, in terms of entering more of the things that you're naturally aligned to into your life and then just kind of letting the Dharma take, take its path? Like how? Let me scale back. Like how much is free will and choice? Do you think, or and how much do you steer them towards? This is what I'm seeing. What do you want to do about it? That's a, that's an excellent question as well. Um, sometimes it's timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you try to do something at a particular time, even though it may may be reflective of your nature, it won't work. 
Mm. Uh, just to give you a simple example, supposing you are a very creative person. Well, I docked one girl and I said, what do you do? What are you? She had an exalted Venus, which is creativity, mm -hmm. artistry. She says, I have a degree in um, graphic design. I said, of course you do. Mm. And she was in sales for a newspaper. I said, so I just assumed you were de designing layouts for the newspaper, right? She says, no, I'm in sales. <laughs> that was one of her weakest planets. I said, well, why aren't you in graphic design? Well, they, they wouldn't take me for that. And I looked at the planetary period she was in. Uh -huh. The planetary period shows you the particular cycle that a person's going to go through. This is particularly unique to mm -hmm. Vedic astrology. Mm -hmm. So she was in a K2 period. K2 is the south node of the moon mm -hmm. for you Western astrologers out there, which is not suitable perhaps for her artistry and, and was not exactly a favorable period for her. It, it was indicated as a, as a period of struggle, mm -hmm. but it was in one year minor period then she was going into venus right after that which so is the creative you, yeah that's the period you, you want you're about a year early on that one but don't give up on the idea because some people will they'll say well i tried it yeah i went to you know i took this many interviews no one hired me so this is what i'm doing now and they may stay in that for who knows how long yeah and the you wrong, just are and able to highlight something around timing too. And so I would imagine that that gives people either a renewed sense of hope or a renewed sense of alignment to who they are, which then, then gives them that initiative to either stick exactly. with it or make a different what, decision. What, what is one of the, uh, the great sayings in our world? Timing is everything, right? Timing is everything, but who knows how to do the timing? We do. It helps. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, definitely. As you go through, um, one of the things is your work sometimes reminds me of, um, you know, the, the book, The Alchemist, um, in terms of this whole notion of the soul's journey. And you mentioned that at the beginning, that yeah. you're in another, you know, incarnation of that. Can you say a little bit more about what you mean by the soul's journey and how it is reflected in your own life? Well, um, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. uh, any even a moderately thoughtful person that will cross their mind. Mm -hmm. yeah, and some of them will, oh, I don't want to start thinking along those lines. <laughs> and they'll go with the whole program and all that programming you're going to get since childhood, since you came out of the womb. Yeah. And you might have to uh, sort yourself out through that at some point in time. But uh, yeah, who are you and why are you here? And what level of consciousness? See, I mean, if you're just a materialist mm -hmm. and then you're, you're thinking, I just need to, you know, get married, have a family, uh, get a job, get a house, get a car and uh, enjoy myself as much as I can. Well, that's a materialistic view and buy X, Y, and Z that I want, my family wants. Okay. And then you'll be back again in another lifetime. Mm -hmm. But if your consciousness, and that's why people sometimes have a midlife crisis, because they've done everything according to the materialistic book, yeah. uh, the way, just like, just like their parents did, etc. God bless them. 
And why aren't I happy? Why aren't I fulfilled? And then they have the midlife crisis or whatever. So many different things can, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, be catalysts for the shift, for the change. And then they wake up. But it's not like they can just flip a switch and shift everything. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, you know, then we go into a state of higher consciousness or higher awareness, or at least we have the impetus to follow that path. Mm Mm-hmm and see where it leads us. Now, I never would encourage my clients to be uh, irresponsible mm-hmm. and walk away and just leave everything behind. I don't think that's the best path. So, um, you know, you just invite more of that side of higher consciousness or yoga practice or meditation or, you know, reading um, spiritual books or books that you find inspiring and, and begin down that road yeah you know in a, like- in a gentle manner not not in not, not you know burning the house down no and not knee jerk um not and that knee-jerk. seems to me like there is a lot we've talked about in the past podcast too about this instant gratification this desire to you know want to you know have everything all at the same time and it's this this what i'm hearing you say is this almost like this gradual opportunity and then as we enter more in we get to be very mindful of you know how is this working for me and then how am i able to actually look at my own sense of consciousness in this midst of change that seems powerful i think that's a good point you're making because you know we can have it all you can have it all a woman can have it all yeah, but she's just going to uh, raise the stress levels in her life if she tries to get it all, all at once. It's not good advice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I try to figure out, if, well, it's not hard to figure it out because they'll tell you, where, where are you and where do you want to be? Yeah. I mean, where are you going to be in 10 years from now? And this we can see, you know, and a lot of times you'll see in a chart, a person is a late bloomer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In Vedic astrology, we use a life cycle of 120 years. Now, most people don't live that long, as we all know. Right. But that's that would be ideally, and you can you know work through all of your karma. Anyway, you divide that into three phases: birth to 40, youth; 40 to 80, middle age; 80 to 120, old age. Mm-hmm. Many people are Late bloomers. A late bloomer means the person who does not hit their stride Mm -hmm. or realize the potential in youth, which is birth to 40. Mm -hmm. This is very common. This is not uncommon. Many people are like that. Does it mean they will not have successes in the first 40 years? No. They may have successes in various areas or fields or circumstances, but they have that feeling deep inside since you were a child, you know, I have a greater potential here. I can feel it inside of me. I haven't tapped everything I have to offer. Mm-hmm. And no, and you're, you likely won't, no offense, until you get to uh, midlife, middle age, 40 to 80. Mm-hmm. 80, yeah. You don't even think about old age before 80, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. And, and that clicks in. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah, so let's relax and stay on the path and keep learning or um, keep developing your tools in your toolbox so you have what it takes. So in many ways, 
we are learning to do. This is teaching me this, this is teaching me that. But many things are teaching you what not to do. Yes. Let's talk about that. Because when you talked about programming, right, some of this programming that happens even from, you know, birth and childhood, um, you know, our families, all the systems around us, um, how do you take a look at the unprogramming that often needs to happen to be able to get more to that clear slate, to hear the wisdom that is available? That is, uh, that is the golden question right there, my dear. When you begin to uh, awaken or become aware, part of that process is you must question absolutely everything you were taught since you were a child. Mm-hmm. From your parents, in the educational system, in the culture, with your friends, uh, the government, the society, you, you know, all whatever. the systems, mm-hmm. everything. You have to question everything and decide what's worth keeping and what isn't. Oh, oh I used to believe this. Uh, do you still believe it? No, I don't believe that anymore. Okay, that's gone. Mm-hmm. I, I was adopted when I was six months old. I was put into an orphanage when I was born. So I was adopted by a couple. You know, you'd say a nice couple, but my adopted mother was very controlling, jealous, manipulative. It was all about her emotional needs. So even as a child, I was sitting back looking at her going, you know, whatever she tells you, just do the opposite and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And that was really good advice. And I followed it. (laughs) Not like practical things like brush your teeth and (laughs) keep yourself. Some of the views, the world views in terms of how you want it. Yeah. Yeah. How she acted and reacted and, and this, okay, don't be like this, this sort of thing. You know, yeah. so you just have to, you know, your parents taught you some valuable things, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. They taught you a lot of things what not to do as well. And, so, and it's true for lots of people around you. If you go into a major period of Rahu, which is the north node of the moon, or a Saturn period, a lot of times, uh, the, what you'll start to experience is been there, done that, tried this, tried that, not this, not that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you're getting clarity on what it isn't and what you aren't. So now that we we can move that out of the way, because we benefited from it directly or indirectly, now we made space. Okay, so what are we going to pursue now? What are we going to let in? What is is going to bring light to our path now? Yeah, I like how you... Oh, there goes the thunder right there. (laughs) Skies are thundering. We got a big confirmation on that. Oh, I love that. It was the crescendo. <laughs> and and this is the whole thing that I think is so important. You know, what is going to bring light to our path? That is what I just heard you say. And I think that's really important. How does that dovetail, in your opinion, with the power of courage and conviction? And how is that light kind of amplified to the, to the effect of, like you said, the thunder just gave a crescendo? Um, how do we use that to actually break old patterns that may feel comfortable for some? Well, again, I say, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. I mean, sometimes people um, have been disempowered. 
mm-hmm. in childhood, as we all know. Or sometimes, you know, they, they, they are born with certain influences, astrologically speaking, like, for example, the sun. The sun is planet, is the identity, sense of self, self-worth, self-confidence, belief in self, all of that, all the self-worths. And if your son is weak, then you're self-dismissive. You feel unworthy, not good enough. Uh, Who do I think I am? When will they see through me? Insufficient, inadequate. Mm -hmm. You'll see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So how do we pull them out of that? Mm -hmm. So we affirm what they do have and stop affirming what they don't have. We, We affirm their strengths and and uh, point them out, especially if they don't don't know about them. Sometimes they they do know, but they don't believe. Hmm. That I think is a key. I mean, what's it's key because you've got to connect them belief. to belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I can sit down for an hour, an hour and a half, and do an astrological consultation. I can point all kinds of stuff out, and believe me, I do lots of stuff. But that doesn't mean. Oh, oh, good. They're good to go now. Now, that's that's the beginning of the awakening. Yeah. And now they've got to go and ponder that. And we, we, we take steps. We take, they don't have to be huge steps. Yep. But we have to reprogram. Like, I'll give this example. I look at the birth chart. I go, your father was very critical in your childhood. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he was always at you. Whatever it was, you weren't good enough. You weren't worthy. Why aren't you coming up to the up to the mark? Mm-hmm. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now you've grown up. You're an adult. You you don't haven't lived with your father for years. You, that voice in your face is now here. Yeah, the back of the head. That's it. The back of the head. That voice is still there, but you've assumed it mm-hmm. on his behalf. That. Yeah. This needs yeah to be released. You know, we need the voice that says, you are this, you can do that, it's your time, you can't overcome, uh, you know, if you, if you're, the father's job, actually, in a family is to instill confidence in the child, Mm -hmm. so the child can go out into the world and make their mark with confidence and self-assurance. If the father does not do that in childhood, which is actually very common, Mm -hmm then one must provide that for once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you actually oftentimes will remind individuals of is no matter what you have come from, this is what you have an opportunity to, yeah. to foster. And I think that that is that, again, that brings light to that path, but it also gives a sense of you've got this inside of you. Like, yes. let's just go ahead and see what are those, like you said, belief systems that have just been nagging at you. And wouldn't it feel good to let those be free? Cut yeah. those strings of attachment. And it's very important from my perspective. You, not, you, you can't falsely uh, encourage people along uh, um, lines of strength that they don't possess. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that they do possess, whether they're connected to it or not, or slightly connected, so that... If they pursue it, they're actually going to have the results. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to, to be able to reach the fruits mm-hmm. and, uh, and make it happen rather than just, you know, honestly, blow smoke. That's not going to yeah. help anyone. Yeah. I you think, 
just kind of one final question on this line, um, this trajectory. I, my question, because there's a lot of um, discussions around archetypes and having these archetypical journeys, right? And, and I the think planets are archetypes. Planets archetypes. Could you say more about that? Sure. Well, uh, sun is the archetype of identity, kingship or queenship. Mm-hmm. So with the sun, you can see instantly who's a leader and who's not a leader. Mm-hmm. Well, there are two kinds of leaders. A person who simply wants to be left alone to lead their own life. Mm-hmm. Or a person who's going to lead how many people? Masses of people. Thousands, right? millions. You can see that very easily in a chart. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to live a quiet life. That's fine. Some people just want to be hide away and be kind of a monk-like and uh, a recluse. Mm-hmm. You can see that too. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. So, you know, you don't push people into a situation that that's not going to work for them. Where they're not aligned. Yeah. So sun is identity. And it's also it's also power and, and leadership and authority. Uh, moon is, is emotion. It's the emotions, the subconscious mind, feelings. So moon has a lot to do with um, the extent to which one gets nurtured. It's also the mother. Son is father. Moon is mm-hmm. mother. Mm-hmm. It's also how much one gets nurtured in childhood and whether one's emotional needs get met in childhood. Mm-hmm. That is the purview of the mother. Mm-hmm. So I can look at a chart and say, I don't think your emotional needs were met in childhood, which was your mother's job. And sometimes they'll know that immediately. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Or sometimes they're they're not sure because if your emotional needs are not met childhood, unconsciously you immediately develop your belief system, which mm-hmm. says, "Well, you know, I don't get my needs met. Some people do, I don't, but that's okay. You know, it's probably not that important. I mean, I can get by without that. Maybe I don't deserve to have my needs met." Mm-hmm. And then those beliefs. And you grow into adulthood, and you look for what? You look for a relationship. Why do you look for a relationship to get your emotional needs met? If you have that belief system up and running, Mm -hmm. do you think you're going to choose somebody who's going to meet your emotional needs? That's not part of the patterning. It's not part of the program, is it? That's not part of the patterning. Yeah. So, But you have to realize anything in the belief system can be changed. Yeah. It can be altered and reprogrammed. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of what I think is your gift. Um, not only are you having the opportunity of looking at these chart readings, but you are able to ask the insightful questions and really assist someone along their journey and be able to really allow that individual to move into inquiry themselves. And so that is, I think, one of the, the true gifts that you have and, and offer. And uh, I just wanted to kind of name that here today. And so Thank I think you. that's you do a wonderful job of that. Well, you shall we look at Mars as an archetype? Mars is a planet of action. It's what you do out in the world. Well, there's three kinds of action. There is proaction, reaction, and inaction. Mm. Well, inaction means you you don't do what you're supposed to do. You sit around or and you think about everything. You forever. sit around and you 
multiple, multiple lessons and trainings. Or, yeah, whatever, you know, watch everything on Netflix. <laughs> so that's inaction. That has little or no value. Mm-hmm. Proaction, reaction are the main. Proaction means to do the right thing for the right reason. Mm-hmm. According to your nature, according to your dharma, according to your natural talents and abilities, mm-hmm. proaction. Reaction means to do the right thing for the wrong reason or the wrong thing for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So I, I give this example. Somebody could become, uh, Silicon Valley is a great place, Christina, as mm-hmm. we know, uh, where people bec- can become gazillionaires uh, by inventing some technology or software or whatever it might be, and we all use it. And if are you is that guy doing that proactively or reactively? If he's doing it reactively, oh yeah, I'll show you, I'll prove you right, I'll prove you wrong. I got a chip in my shoulder. You you'll see. Well, he might have invented something wonderful, but he did it for the wrong reason. He did it reactively. So even though he's successful. He's empty. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to be fulfilled by doing things reactively. And that's not the goal of life. You be proactive. Therefore, you're doing it for yourself because you must do it because it is reflective of your nature. Now we're on the right track. Then you have to look when you, when you have any goal you have. People say, well, I have these. These are my goals. Okay. So what's your intent behind each goal? That's the reason behind yeah. it, like you were saying. What's the, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'll give this example of, of people who are getting married. Okay, so, so here's a man and woman coming together. They decided they, they want to get married. They're going to marry each other. Okay, great. That's their goal. So this may not be said out loud now, the intent behind it. She wants to have babies. Mm-hmm. What's he want? Oh, I don't want to have babies. <laughs> I just want a you know woman in my life so I can just do stuff and go hiking and go traveling. I don't want any babies. But okay. they don't mention that before they got married. <laughs> yeah, there's an intent. An yeah, that becomes an issue. So there's an intent behind everything. Yeah, yeah I think that's true. So why are you doing it? And it should be something that is enriching for you personally is also of benefit to others, of course, and is most importantly reflective of your nature, of your dharma. Now we're covered. Win, win, win. That feels actually um, like a really good place to, like that's the synthesis of it all, right? When we start to tie that together, it's the bow on top of the package. And when we bring all of that together um, and to light, and so I really wanted to say thank you for this insight and uh, offering up just kind of what it is that, that you do. Um, I think when I want to end this podcast with how can listeners find out more about where you are, what availabilities you have, um, how can they support you in this work? Well, um, <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got a YouTube channel Look for Drew Lawrence. I don't put a lot on there, but... Uh time to time I do. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram. 
And we'll put all of these in the speaker notes so people will know how to yeah, find you. Yeah, Instagram and drewlawrence.com mm-hmm. is my website. If you want to make an appointment with me, then you can send me an email, mm-hmm. which is Drew J, letter J, mm-hmm. Lawrence at gmail.com. Okay. And that's the best way to kind of yeah. You set up an appointment. You send me an email, but you can you can look at my website. There's tons of stuff on there as well. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I just want to make sure that people have an option in uh, as they're curious, right, to kind of dive into this, how they might proceed. So, um, and I've got you know I do clients in all time zones. So yeah. I know you're a busy person. You've got, uh, I know lots, and I know you have everything from new clients coming in to recurring clients that just continue to seek your wisdom and um, get some clarity on chart reading. So it's not like it's a one and done. Oftentimes you can. No, I have clients going back 30 years and then I talk to them once a year. Yeah, that's really great. Or they come out of the woodwork after 30 years. <laughs> like, hey, remember that thing they you did, told they me did, way long ago? They could set. Out of the back of the drawer, and they, yeah. oh, I don't have a cassette player. They go out buy one and they play it. <laughs> oh my god! I just finally got what you told me twenty years ago. Uh-huh. Like it finally sunk in. It's like, and you're not yeah. doing it by cassette anymore. I know you do digital. No, no, we do. Yeah, we do MP3. Get you know, it right direct to your email. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'd like to do is, oftentimes, we have we um, kind of summarize these as I do a series of just very quick lightning speed uh, collected okay. questions. So I'd love to just hear your off the hip responses to these. Um, currently, what are you reading or watching? <laughs> What am I reading? Oh, I'm reading. I, I don't have anything less than four or five books going at any given time. <laughs> it's only like my book stand, yeah. Yeah, mostly I read spiritual stuff. Yeah. But I, because of what, you know, I also keep up on what's going on in the world. Of course. Politically and, and socially, because I think that's important for me because it affects my clients. Yeah. So it's less important for me than it is for a lot of my clients. Yeah. So, the landscape, right? Yeah. Bhagavad Gita. I was just reading that before yeah. you came on the air. That's so, yeah. you know, That's I read that all the time. And um, I read the Vedas all the time. I got so many books on my shelf here. So, <laughs> so it depends on what you're feeling in the moment. Depends what I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. I read Sanskrit books as well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. When you, um, when you find yourself challenged or maybe kind of curious about next steps, um, what do you do? And maybe it's the golden bubble that just reminds you of who you are and how you want to show up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, when thing, you know, you don't always know what's going to happen when or why things aren't happening. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I try to be patient. Uh, I'm, I have to say I'm quite a spiritual guy and I, I stay close to God mm-hmm. and on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So that's very important for me because I will tell you, my friends, there's all kinds of people, things, and circumstances in this world that can and or will let you down. Mm-hmm. And if you've, you've put all your eggs in that basket, you may hit the wall at some point in time. So it's also good to have a spiritual connection, which transcends this world. And I don't mean, you know, something that just sounds, you know, touchy feely. 
I mean genuinely so, where yeah. you, there it's is a reciprocation going on, and you know there's you can feel it, you can sense it. Uh, it's it's dy- dynamic. It's not static. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think that that dovetails into um, this deep belief, and it's this knowing that you are never alone. And I think that that's a oh, really yeah. important message in our world these days. Yeah. Very important, yeah. especially because people are, they're getting so far away from all that with mm-hmm. science and technology. Now we got, you know, chatbot GPT. And mm-hmm. I mean, these people think that science is going to solve all their problems. If you look at the history of science, you know, every 20, 30, 40, 60 years, uh, they disprove the theories that they they've been holding on to, and we, they get a new one. Yeah, you think yeah. that's going to all of a sudden it's all going to be realized? No, yeah, it's not. The psyche and the spiritual piece of this is really important to keep in check, isn't it? Yeah. My final question for you, dear friend, is: What do you find yourself grateful for in this moment? I'm grateful because I know what my life purpose is, and that's to inspire people, to teach, to uplift, to enlighten, to make a contribution to people's lives. And I know that's my life purpose, and I've been blessed to do it, even when it came in a difficult time in my life, and I resisted it. Yeah. And pushed it away, and uh, then surrendered to it. Yeah. A lot of times we will we will push away the thing that is is actually going to um, free you from everything else because you think it's too difficult, it's too hard. I can't do that, or I'll I'm never I'll never be good enough. That's the one you should look at. That's the one. <laughs> Pay close attention. Huh? You know, because the one you have most resistance to could be the one that sets you free, my friends. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to another impactful conversation here on the Real Eyes Realize podcast. We hope you take some time to let the wisdom of these stories that are shared here today sink in. And we welcome you to engage with us on our social channels, realeyes.love on Instagram or Facebook. We also have links in our show notes to our guests, and we invite you to visit our website, realeyes.love. Here you will find an online resource hub, and this is where we offer gifts from our guests to all of our listeners. These resources can help all of us create our own positive ripple effects, actualizing love in this world. If you have any other individuals you would like us to interview, please do let us know. We love hearing your ideas for compelling stories to share. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for doing all that you do in the name of love and service in our world. Be true, be bold, be real. And thank you for listening.